Thank you to all of you who are helping, donating or helping in all the other ways. Please continue, if you can, please continue to help us, help others, not only help others, but first train our minds so when you go out to help others, you're not taking an untrained mind out, out there and inflicting your unexamined arrogance, prejudice. You don't really know what other people are going through. Have respect for their confusion. Thank you for helping, and please continue to help if you can in whatever way works for you and your situation. Today's Dharma talk, did I name it yet? Pro, ob, observe production. So we, we produce and we receive. Those are the two things that happen with uh, human beings. It happens with other uh, animals also. <coughs> you receive, you listen, you hear, you smell, you taste, you touch, you think. You actually receive thoughts. You produce some thoughts, but basically the basic issue is that you think you produce all of them, and you don't. Why? Because there isn't anyone. There is no solid you. That's, that is imaginary. You're inventing an identity so you can wrestle with everything and fight with everything and go to peace with everything. Have some say-so in everything. How do I know that? I, I don't know it uh, like some, but something somebody dropped into my mind stream. I'm looking at it. I'm always looking at it. Always. You are too. But what you're looking at, you cover up with your projections, your ideas, your con your conclusions, your anything to separate yourself from the truth. Because the truth is painful. As the Buddha said in the first noble truth, life is suffering. It's not nihilism. It's quite delightful, actually. And this is not masochism, another one of those isms, nor is it communism. We got two smiles out of it, no three. <laughs> I will stop with the primitive jokes. <laughs> so the idea here is, is to observe what you're producing, not necessarily join in and produce more to cover it up, not necessarily produce more to explain it, to come to a conclusion about it, and not necessarily do any more like deliberately cover up what is happening in your mind. Get to know yourself. Don't miss your life by covering it up with some kind of substitute. What is a substitute? A bunch of thoughts that get together and cluster right around your wisdom mind. You could say to say it a literal story <clears throat> because what if wisdom was alone, had to do this all by herself? I need help. The help is here if you need it, if you can receive it, but you have to receive it. You have to receive that. And if you really receive it and see what it is, you will, you will immediately produce, produce devotion. You'll immediately produce it. You won't have to try to figure out, how can I be more devoted? can't be more devoted. But if you receive, receive, look at, watch, observe what arises, observe the production in the mind stream. No matter how much it smells, no matter how, how difficult it feels, please just receive it. Live with it. Don't miss your life. Each person is going to 
be up against a different kind of problem or issue or resistance. Each person's style. This is why, why when we talk with each other and look at each other and listen to each other, we all seem so unique and so different, different kinds of confusion, different kinds of clarity, different abilities, different, different natural talents or abilities to act this way, speak this way. So it gets confusing because it looks like everybody's different. Everybody's an individual and they are. But there's no personhood there. There's no being called me. That is the illusion. Realize it. Why, why you're still in this body form? Because this is not the end. This is a very short span, 70, maybe 80 years, maybe more. But it's a very short, relatively speaking, which is the way we always speak. You can't speak ultimately. But if you realize ultimacy, you will want to point to it. Because you see how important it is. It's not a conclusion. It's not a thought. The closest word probably that, that would help here is it's a direct perception. And it's not even a perception. perception a, a perception implies some kind of perceiving con consciousness and some kind of uh, objective or some subjectivity, objectivity. That's unreal. It's a construct in the, in the mind that helps us continue to be separated from everyone so we can get control of the good stuff and keep away the bad stuff. Nothing wrong with that. We all want to be happy. Anybody here not want to be happy? Speak up. <laughs> so far, only Michelle cleared her throat <laughs> as if to start speaking and she didn't. <clears throat> of course we do. Of course we want to be. We want our friends to be happy. We want our children to be happy. We want our parents to be happy. Our friends, our Sangha members. Of course we do. It may surprise you to hear. It may not surprise you to hear. It's already the case. It's already. You're already happy. Already. Just don't cover it up with anything. Because if, if you're if you see that you're already happy, what happens is you realize there's no there's just happiness. There's no person who's happy. There's no the me feeling does not get happy. The me feeling suffers. I I'm suffering. We take personal everything that happens. Okay, I'll take some questions. That's been confusing enough. <laughs> Wasn't that funny, Paushan? Wasn't. Okay, start frowning. Good. Ian Valley, um, I'm wondering about devotion, and you kind of described it in a way that was, maybe I remember it as being like helpless. Okay. Is, is there an object to the devotion you're talking about? No. Just devotion. Is uh, our devotion and intention different things? Same. So even though my response uh, to the Yun is very direct, and it's the truth, but you may have to start out with, with an object of your devotion. You may have to start there. Just like you have to get your um, body, mind to the wall so you can sit down and hold still and you can meditate 
and you can get closer and closer to your true nature. That's just a relative way of describing it. But eventually there isn't anything, there, there's no otherness is complete, or the lack of otherness is complete. It, it's, it's so complete that it's, it is frightening to the, that part of the consciousness that is still grasping at itself because it's too much space. It's too much not knowing. What if you didn't know anything? What if you couldn't retain anything? Without a spiritual path, it, it, it's pretty crazy. But with a spiritual path, that's, that's, the, that's the reference point that's necessary. And even the, even the reference point disappears, but it doesn't disappear until it's time. And is it ever time? It's always time. There is no time. That's why it's always time. More? You didn't ask those two or three answers I gave you there. I just kind of threw those in as a bonus. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Beautiful cloud. You have another question. If we couldn't remember anything, and we weren't able to form reference points, it seems to me like we would be reliant, totally dependent on everything and everyone all the time. Yep, that's the case. Is that the case? <clears throat> yes, because, yes, you're, you're, you're dependent on everything all the time. So you're, there's no longer an individual there, there's just consciousness, <clears throat> consciousness only, which is not separate from any of the forms. The forms are no longer breaking up and into parts, or rather, rather look like a lot of individual parts. If they do, then they just look like you know what a comb looks like. If you're here, I would assume you would. It's like looking at the teeth on a comb. They're all there, and they're separate, but they're all the same because they're all that. Isn't that a great metaphor? <laughs> but you can't comb with it. It's it's just an image, so don't try to do that. Imaginary combs don't work. I mean, if you try to put them with the original metaphor. A few smiles, but mostly basically frowns. <laughs> okay, that's enough of these beyond questions. Give me a hard question. Did you say, huh? when you're bowing, did you say Kong or Kwan? Kwan? I never say Kwan. I said comb, like a, like a, comb. Who was that? Uh, that image of, I can't remember, the actor that was always combing his hair. When you're bowing, so you said happiness is already the case. Oh, of course, of course. And we're, we just cover it up. We do. What about all the warfare that's going on in the world? It's dependently arisen. There's no personhood there. No one is to blame for any of that. Everybody's responsible. Ask me questions about that. I'm using relative terms to try to point to something that is this. You can't find it because that's not singular. It's totality. If I, if I use a relative word, the word totality, if you realize what it's pointing to, that the word crump falls, falls apart because it's, the word totality separates itself from what it's trying to describe. But if you see what it is, even the word totality comes apart. Language falls apart. You can't tell the difference between a consonant and a vowel. Sir. Pao uh, Bowing, when you say everyone's responsible, um, 
are you talking or uh, pointing towards collective identity? <laughs> Maybe a little bit, and I would I would go along with that if, but that tends to go back into trying to figure out what it is and get the right concepts, which is what you're looking at. But that's uh, your wiring, uh, the way you you personally are wired would would you would tend to to do that at some point. You're going to have to drop the shovel and hoe and just dig in the dirt with your hands. Right now, you're using instruments to try to do that. You follow me? That's concepts. Those are concepts. You need to, you need to actually get dirty. You need to work with the positive, negative. You need to work with the, the difficulty in the mind. And how do you do that? Receive it. Just receive it. Uh, Pashan Bowing, what is receiving without concepts, Bowing? Everything tastes the same. Everything smells the same. Everything thinks the same. Everything is the same. It's the same. It's the same. But it's unique, and it's and the differentiation comes out of structures and colors and shapes and textures that don't have any particular personhood connected with them. Michelle? Michelle, how do we see the happiness within the suffering? Just, just look at the suffering. If you understand the first noble truth completely, you're liberated. But you have to see it in its totality. You can't leave anything out looking for some ideal kind of ego is always wanting to make sure I'll do this. I'm going to do this, but I need proof. I'm going to sit and meditate. But at the end of the, uh, what, what do we have here? 28 days, 28 days, at the end of the 28 days, I better have accomplished something. That's a lot of time to just waste on the cushion, looking at a cottage cheese wall. That's why we took the, Scrolls down, too much entertainment. People are reading those scrolls, weren't they? Do you miss them? No. Good question. Hi. Hi. I thought you might be a little jealous there. Are there questions? Yes. Uh, lately, I feel foggy all the time. Froggy? Yes. Yeah. Foggy. Go ahead. And I'm wondering how an awareness practice that <clears throat> is intended to strengthen the awareness just makes me feel more or less aware. Not happening. What you described there is, is, uh, is a uh, is a description of what you're going through. It's not a correct understanding of what you're going through. It's a description. You're describing feeling, but uh, the understanding would be whatever arises in the mind stream. I don't care if it's foggy. I don't care if it's clear. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. It's, it's awareness about anything that arises. So the awareness, when the awareness becomes to use to speak about it literally, when the, when the awareness becomes stronger, it starts, uh, uh, 
looking for some kind of foothold or something. And if when you look around, if you can't find footholds, it shows up as foggy. But from the point of view of realization, you are actually working with uh, no reference point, pure appearance. Your, your Dharma name is pure appearance. Junchu means pure appearance. What is a pure appearance? Find out. Don't look it up in any dictionary. Take anybody. If it's pure and it appears, it's empty of what you think it is. And it's pure because it's what it is. And what is it? Not separate. It shows up everywhere you look. You see the Buddha. You don't see a, that guy. That's a chunk of wood with some gold leaf on it. Right? No hard feelings. It's just, it's just, rep- we just have that so we can, so we have a reference point. This is a, this is totally n- not any closer to the Buddha than the fogginess in your mind. You're just calling it fogginess because ego needs to have a term that sounds like failure. Sounds like you're going downhill. Sounds like you're getting worse. <clears throat> the path to liberation, as Trungpa Rinpoche once said, is one disappointment after another. Fogginess, fogginess, fogginess until the final fogginess, which is uh, probably the most difficult, the final disappointment. You can do that. Everyone, if you, if you were not on the path to see this, you would not be listening to this person. You'd be listening to someone who's much more positive than I am. Lots of Dharma teachers are positive. Go ahead. Uh, is pure appearance saying the same thing as just appearance? Well, the, the word pure is in there for a reason because it's, it's, uh, it looks so damn contaminated. It looks foggy, but it's pure appearance. So if you said just, uh, to some extent, that, that particular approach might appeal more to you because your kind of fogginess looks like clarity. Have you noticed? Doing that for? You don't have a reason? Oh, I'm gonna keep going. That's good. More? Dangerous, isn't it? Further question anywhere? Let me have a question. Any any kind of question. There's 51 windows open, so that must mean there's 48 people. Yes, go ahead. Um, you often talk about uh, dropping body and mind, as Corbin said. Uh, what does he mean by dropping the body? So, <clears throat> thanks, for, thanks for the uh, question. Sorry about my throat clearing. Um, drop off body and mind has uh, been said by various teachers. Uh, and the one that stands out to me the most would be... Uh, uh, Dogen Zenji from the 13th century, drop off body and mind means, and I haven't talked to Dogen, so I have no idea, but over here, it's the attachment to the body and to the mind as being real. Uh, you, you know, your body's here, but it's, it's, a, it's an aspect of dependent origination or pratitya samutpada. So it's not about uh, taking the body and pushing it away or getting rid of it or taking the mind and pushing it away or getting rid of it. It's noticing the way we cling to the body as a reference point, and we cling to the mind in terms of thoughts, emotions. We think those are real, and we think the body is real. 
And the body is relatively real, but to see its ultimate nature, see the ultimate nature of everything, is to see that uh, there, there is no body. You've dropped off body and mind. It's the attachment to it. So this is rather than trying to get unattached or get rid of it, we actually see the way we grasp at it and see that that is unreal. And it just comes apart. As Coben said, falling apart, falling apart, falling apart, nothing to do, everything all at once. More, Navid? Um, Navid Bowling, uh, what happens uh, after the body's dropped? <clears throat> I don't know why you don't, why don't you find out? Find out yourself. If I told you what my, uh, how it looks to me, that may or may not be helpful, but speaking to you and the way you ask the question and just looking at your face on this uh, amazing gadget we have here uh, called Zoom, uh, I would say you need to find out. And how do you do that? Look at the attachment to your body and the attachment to your mind, your thought patterns. Don't believe anything. Don't believe the body. Don't disbelieve it and don't ignore it. That puts you in kind of a um, intermediate state. No Thank reference you. point. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Um, Thank you for receiving that response. Further question on on Zoom? Is there? We've got all these windows open. I can't see all of them. Um, quite a few names I don't recognize here. So anyway, if this is your first time, uh, welcome. And please ask me a question. Susan Bowling. Susan, go ahead. Is disappointment on the path, not seeing the totality of what this is? I'm trying to find you here, Susan. Where are you at? Oh, there you are. <laughs> ah, it's that, Susan. <laughs> yes, and your question was not seeing the totality. Is that it? Is disappointment, <clears throat> Susan Bowling. Is disappointment on the path, not seeing the totality of what this is? I would say, I'm not denying that, maybe a little bit, but what the disappointment is, is you, you have an idea of what enlightenment will be like. We all do. We have an idea, and we keep trying to match ourselves up to it because it'll be liberation, we'll be happy all the time, we'll be, we'll be, we'll be, and all kinds of speculation of what that will be like. So when we start to get closer and closer to realizing our true nature, which is another way of saying enlightenment or realization, we start, we realize we've gone through a lot of really difficult passages. And some, with some people, they tend to get worse. At least that was the case for me until there's a, there is some kind of a breakthrough, which, which is not final. Sometimes people describe it as the final breakthrough or ah, there's no final. That's not going to work. So it's, it's seeing that, the seeing the reality of what you're looking at, the fundamental reality that nothing is separate from anything else. And when you get closer and closer to this uh, ultimate realization, it's not an occurrence because it can't be. If it's an occurrence, then it's still separated, it's still relative truth. So if it actually occurs, well, it just disproves itself by occurring. What has never been born or come into relative existence can't pass away. Reflect on that a little bit. That's a profound statement about the nature of what this is. Thank you, Bowie. You're quite welcome. 
Emily O, did you have you had your hand up? Did you have a question? Oh no, I was just saying hi. <laughs> hi. I'm actually a friend of Michael's. Uh, I worked with him for a little while. Oh, Michael who? Picklewitz. Oh, Michael Picklewitz. Tell yeah. him I said. Tell him I said hello. I haven't seen him in quite a while. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, he. Um, I guess on my journey, I'm just going through a lot of trauma, childhood trauma, and yes. realizing that it's actually not a bad thing, and it's leading to me where I'm supposed to be, Very and good. that I'm not, that I'm not like my thoughts, no. I'm not my past, I'm not, because there's no past, and there's no future, there's Wonder only now, Wonder I'm not my mind, <laughs> it's just... It's very profound, but um, sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, I've I've had kind of a difficult time of um, dealing with um, suicide, um, but um, <sighs> yeah, it's a hard one. <laughs> it's a little hard to talk about. It is, and, and but, you you don't have to. It's uh, <laughs> I, I I hear you. I, I I've. I have some experience with that uh, over here too. So, yeah, but it's uh, it's just it's just thoughts, and it's uh, and it's we want our own way, and we're yeah, willing- exactly. <laughs> There's no such thing as control, really. No kidding, you you can come and teach this class. <laughs> There's there is no such thing as control. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just uh, bull. It looks like it. It's very seductive, isn't it? To think we can push this and push that, and that'll fall over, and then. We- <laughs> water on this and it'll grow even if it's ugly it'll grow it doesn't matter yeah. Mm-hmm. um yeah um i guess what kind of really interested me in this is um dreams and like the subconscious mind um it all started like after my grandpa passed um mm. And he he would literally visit me in my dreams. Um, What's his name? What's his name? Um, Robert. Robert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's kind of how me and Michael kind of met because um, we went through similar things on our so-called like spiritual awakening. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how we connected. Yeah. Very good. Well, thank you for joining us, and I hope to see you again. Yeah, I plan on visiting sometime soon. Okay, very good. Thank you. Are there any other questions on on Zoom? Since we're, I'm looking at the screen right now, and and there's 52 people on here now, so that's quite a few. Uh, Mahesh Bowing. Go ahead, Mahesh. Um, So I want to understand if uh, there is any. A basic difference between uh, Shikantaza as uh, it is uh, taught in general Zen school, like as uh, just sitting, uh, versus uh, how we describe it here as uh, receive. Um, yes. Yeah, there. You know, the differentiation could be a little bit in there, depending on the individual and and how long they've been sitting. So things could show up. But basically, it's just sitting, using that that description. You're just sitting there, and uh, 
the further description, uh, as I've given, uh, I think in, in the book that I have out, that's 108 meditations, tells you 108 times how to just sit there. Uh, and some of it is just probably just sit there. I don't know if I have one of those. If I don't, I, I need to, with your help, I need to put that on there. Just sit there. It's a good one. So, but to get, go into detail, it's like whatever shows up, just watch it come and go, watch it come and go. It'll, it'll stay around, fine. If it goes away, fine. Just no comment, no demand for anything. Are there further questions? We have time if there is. A, yes, go ahead. Are we just as likely to deceive ourselves on the cushion as off? Sure. You know, self-deception self does not have to go away. You just have to see it. If you see it, then you respect the confusion. And you, you realize that it is there dependently arisen, that, that you didn't, there's no praise, no blame. You, you're not to blame for your thoughts. They aren't even yours in the specific way that we often think, I've been thinking this, I've been thinking that. A little bit, but it's usually the grasping part that, that shrinks it up into some kind of me feeling that needs this, or a me feeling that doesn't want that. Demand, I don't, that has to go away. This has to stop. More. If something shows up on the cushion with just an unexpected amount of energy, you thought you were looking at it off the cushion, does that suggest that we're ignoring some aspect of it off the cushion? Perhaps. I mean, you could say it that way, but you don't have to lecture yourself. Just whatever shows up, receive. Receive it, receive it. And only by receiving everything will you realize that uh, the tradition, the Rochig, the Tibetan uh, um, teaching of everything is one taste, one flavor. And we do that with, you could say everything is one thought, everything is one emotion. You could say that, but one taste gets us, it's a, such a localized and personal and subjective thing to taste a banana and to taste a persimmon and to taste uh, whatever, salt, to taste that so, and all of that is one taste. It has one flavor. All the senses are doing that, but that's one that, that kind of, if you reflect on it a little bit, how can that possibly be so? It can't be so, but it is, but you have to see it. Just keep looking at it. The very thing that you're trying to get rid of is one taste. The very thing that you think it might be a problem, taste. Now it's the same. The same as going too far. It's trying to smush it all together and make it ego's idea of oneness. Oneness is better than that. Even though I don't use that word, but if I were to use one, I would say it's better than how it sounds and it's worse than how it's worse because it's, it includes all the crap you've been trying to get rid of. You've got it. It's all right in your lap. It's in your taste buds. Get it. Receive it. Receive it. <clears throat> That's the only way you can protect everything. You have to protect everything. I don't think I've ever heard you say that. I've never said it before. I don't think I see, I smell, I taste. I just do that. There's no personhood here. Well, not much, unless you pick a fight with me. Then you know what you're going to get. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. Go ahead. What does it mean to protect everything? Just what I said. Everything is protected. Be with all things. You're wearing a Raksu. You're a protector. 
Further questions? Uh, Pashan Bowing, are we protecting everything from something? Bowing? No, just protection, because there isn't anything else. This is why we do the chants that we do. We, 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 at the same time, we're asking for protection. Nothing is separate. But we still, the supplication is as long as you're in a human form, as long as you're embodied, and as long as you're on the path, it's necessary to supplicate. Ask, ask, ask. If you don't ask, it needs to happen. I still don't understand what is protection without there being something to be protected from. It's just protection. Well, to start out with, there's protection supplications that we do. We just did one today for some guy, didn't we? Yeah. What were you protecting there? Why did you say that? You have some kind of intention about protecting? Yeah, there it is. But if I, if I specify who that is or what that is, then, it's, then we're getting down to, well, maybe we should just go to emergency. I mean, let's just make it completely relative truth. But, but, but the intention to save all beings, the intention to protect everyone, it just it goes beyond the personhood. So the, the ego can't get can't make anything of that. It can't use that for its own uh, support system to keep the ego going. The ego that's on the path to awakening, the ego cannot awaken because it's a it's a dream. It's unreal. It's makeshift. It's invented as a temporary, what Trump and Pajay called it, a paranoid insurance policy. You've got this self, so just in case there is a threat, you can curl up into a me, 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 and who's on my side, and uh, you know some of the movies you see are uh, people in war who they're all banding, band of brothers are all getting together and fighting somebody else. Not the same thing. That's called, uh, what is that called? War. War and peace. Yes. Yogodo. Yogodo Bowing. If I see my self-deception, I feel some disgust and disappointment. Yes. Does that go away? You won't care. <clears throat> you won't care because you will, you will realize there, there is no one who's disgusted. Disgust comes up as, as dependently risen. It's, it has no personhood to support it there. There's no structure there that you can look at that is a real thing. So it comes and goes. So, like I say, you don't have to improve. If you keep trying to improve yourself, well, that's, it might work. It might be a good thing. Some people, that's all they can do is improve, get better, work with their, their negativity in, in, a, in a creative way. I would go say there's all kinds of therapies these days, hundreds of them, but the one that I use as an example is cognitive behavioral therapy because it works with the intellect and with logic and reason to help you work with negativity. I, I think that's very valuable, especially for people, uh, maybe for people who do meditate, that can be helpful. But it's especially helpful for people who there's no way they're going to step on the spiritual path. They're not wired that way. Does this mean they have bad karma? I would say the traditional way of saying it, they're, they're not well favored because they, they are too filled with their own ideas about things to be able to see the incredible openness and spaciousness of their life, which you may have to meet someone who's living in that, who points at it. 
you don't meet that Dharma teacher or that person, I'm not saying you couldn't realize your true nature on your own. It's happened a few times, probably. More? So the title of your talk is Observe Production? Yes. Thanks for bringing me back. Is that, is there a process to observing what's produced? There might be some kind of process happening with each individual, but if you're sitting, the practice part of it is to observe production. That's going to show up in your everyday post-meditation. Also, if there's enough of it sitting still, watching the craziness that arises in the mind, don't agree with it, don't disagree with it, don't ignore it. And that way, you're, anything that's being produced by the mind or down the hallway in your house or outside the building or in in someone else in the other room trying to locate you, yelling your name or whatever it may be, <clears throat> or your cat meowing at you. could be anything. Anything that's showing up in the mind, uh, apparently, or outside the mind, apparently, uh, is being produced by dependent origination. Just this caused that, caused that, caused that, caused that, caused that, and it goes back so you can't. There's just too many parts to it, apparently, to be able to figure it out. More? So you have said, and Emily brought it up again, there yeah. is no control over anything? Yeah, she did say that. You guys can quote Emily. <laughs> So if, if we find ourselves in the midst of production that seems to be tanking, taking a, a turn downward, no. do we have any control over containing that? Well, if you have, you have control over being or over receiving it, you have all these receivers. The sense of touch doesn't produce anything. Sense of smell doesn't produce anything. Sense of seeing doesn't produce anything. And I could go on and on, right up to and including a sense of thinking, doesn't produce anything. Well, it does produce, but it produces it dependently, uh, dependently arisen. But what happens is that at that part of consciousness that is curled up into a, a ball of paranoia will use that. It can't access the taste too much. It can't access the smell because they're, they're too busy receiving things. But it can, accept, uh, it can access the mind because the mind is happening in consciousness only rather than there's a visible kind of sense or a visible, like the eyes see, the nose smells, the fingers touch or feel. Those are all very relative, the first five sense consciousnesses. The sixth is uh, receiving thoughts, but it looks like it, it is producing them also. But the, what produces the thoughts are, are, is the ego mind. It's not that thoughts aren't produced there that are just about the situation. Is the ego mind dependently arisen? Yes, everything is. There isn't anything you can point to. And when it comes to the illusion of control comes from, uh, if I can sit here, I can pick up, I can decide to pick up my coffee cup. I can hold it up in the air and I can move it over here to the top of the table for the computer. And I also can just pick it up and move it back. This creates an, an incredible illusion of control because we can deliberately do things and have some success. We can build a house. We can build a, we can, we can build so much and then call it by this and reinterpret it. And people will, people get totally lost in reinterpreting and 
commenting on everything. It's just a labyrinth of otherness going on. Just watch the news for 30 minutes if you can stand it. Just other, 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 pointing and reinforcing that. So that reinforcement of moving that coffee cup, it just, of course we're here. That's because we identify with the body. We can move things around. We can set things down. We can pick them back up again. We're, you know, we're in control. Some people will even tell you, of course, I control everything. They actually believe that a little bit. But when, when death comes without warning or when death comes with a warning, well, that happens too. Uh, your control is kind of out the window or out the uh, whatever hole you have inside of your building, sometimes called a door. Michelle. Michelle, is that same control that you were talking about there about I can move the cup from here to here? You can have a thought about, okay, I want a drink. Yes. <clears throat> is that the same thing going on when I'm sitting on the cushion and the thought might be like, oh, I need to get up, but I don't actually get up right then. And then it's kind of like, oh, I forget that I wanted to get up. And I might have the thought again, but I don't actually get up until just spontaneously it seems that I just get up. Okay. What's your question? Is is that kind of is that also control? A little bit. But it's not the it's not the kind that is is reinforcing our sense of separateness and isolation and being at odds with this and in agreement with that and being worried about this situation, but not so worried about that one or being excited about this one happening, but this other one that's coming down the pike is, it, it creates what is traditionally called, not something I invented, but conflicting emotions about the nature of what this all is, what I should do, what I shouldn't do. People even say it in their conversation, well, a part of me, they break themselves up into pieces, into parts of identity. Well, a part of me wants to move to Vermont, but then I think about another part of me knows how difficult the weather is there. And of course, uh, they're all Democrats, so I don't want to move in a state where they're all Democrats. I mean, we have a constant commentary going on about everything that, that keeps us somewhat off balance as somebody going somewhere trying to get into balance or get into get more control. So that could be happening in your cushion example. Um, but then you forget about it. Well, actually, you're just spaced out, <laughs> which happens on the cushion. You can be sitting there and think about, I need to get up, up, and then something happens in the mind stream uh, that that just gets that starts to fade out because you don't you don't act on it, so it starts to fade out. What you're doing on the cushion is you're getting to know how the mind, how the discursive mind, works to control or grasp. You you get to see the three poisons traditionally taught in Buddhism of passion, grasping, aggression, pushing away, and ignorance or shutting down or distracting yourself. You get very familiar with those. Um, and that just continues to go on with examples like uh, you ask about, are those the same or am I, uh, am I uh, you know, in control or not in control? Is that, what is that ex an example of? I would say absent-mindedness. You just forgot what you were thinking about which is not such a bad thing. Forget everything. As Coben said, falling apart, falling apart, falling apart, nothing to do, everything all at once. Past and future are gone. 
Senshu. Senshu Valley, when I'm on the cushion and feel like I'm just hanging out there, I start to get paranoid that I need to tighten things up. Mm -hmm. um, what should I do with that, that okay. urge to tighten? Okay, so what, what, I'm, what I will ask you to find out where you're at, is your posture pretty good? Are you sitting upright? I never see you slouch, which wouldn't mean, which wouldn't mean, uh, that wouldn't mean, uh, wouldn't be a bad thing necessarily, but your posture is always quite good. So how, how your body, what your, whatever your body is doing will tell me by looking at you what, what your mind is doing. So I'm, when I'm sitting in here, and I've been here quite a bit lately, I'm looking at people's postures. Gives me a better idea when I talk to you in an interview, I get an idea of what's happening in your mind stream. It's not like analyzing it, it's just, I just see that. And what I'm seeing there with you is if you feel like you're hanging, just hanging out and you get paranoid, um, I would say hanging out is fine. But I would not say that to everyone who maybe said something almost identical to what you're saying. But knowing you, I would say you're fine. All you have to do is come in, hold, sit down, hold still, and watch the movement, no matter what it is. And the movement can be, I'm just hanging out. And then the movement can be, well, I really shouldn't be hanging out. I need to do something. I need to tighten up. No, you don't. If the posture is straight and symmetrical, your eyes are open. That's all you have. It's called, called shikantaza. No matter what happens. Did I say that loud enough? You, you follow me a little bit? No matter what happens. I wouldn't necessarily say that with, to everyone. It would depend on how much money you had. <laughs> of course, it doesn't depend on the money at all. It depends on, it depends on how, you're, how, how you're working with that. Uh, I've known you for quite a number of years, so I, your situation, all you really have to do is set. Because you, you don't really, uh, your, your style of confusion, you really can't get rid of, lucky you. People are, some people are able to just cover up the confusion, and until they run into uh, the Dharma or into the, the Buddha Dharma, the awakened truth, uh, they can be successful and miss their whole life and then be reborn again. Is this true? I don't know if people are reborn or not. Looks like it. Reborn again and right back into the schoolroom of samsara, right back to square one, learning that lesson through another set of parents and another set of, of pets, another set of uh, tree branches. More. Did I wear you out? So we could take another question or two if there are a couple, any out there in Wulong? Wulong bowing. Um, yesterday I facilitated the, uh, the workshop for survivors of uh, sex labor and I acted as a writing mentor. And um, normally when they go into an oral telling of their stories, I guide them to, to take that and to write it. Yesterday's group was different and I, I let them go on. It felt like they needed to just talk it first. And it went on and at one point the program director on their end came and interrupted the woman and talked to her off screen like to, I guess to, 
stop talking. And, and the material that she was divulging was incredibly intense. And so my question is somewhat in the area of protection. Um, I felt like that shut this woman down and um, I'm not quite sure in that specific situation, what is it that should be protected? I thought I was protecting a container of space and, and then you have this other force that comes and interrupts, seems like an interruption. Is that? Is someone playing ping pong in the back, in the back room there in your house? In mine? Yeah, I'm no, hearing about No, why? Somebody might have their, their mic open, and I can't say who it is. But anyway, uh, no need. We can include that. Uh, go ahead and say more, or I can respond, however you like. So, so my question is, when, when it happened, um, I just was watching it happen, but today, in, in today's sit, um, what came up was that this person might have done potential harm to this um, person who was opening up um, and in what you have said before is like uh, trust what is happening what is happening is exactly what's supposed to happen yes how does that relate to also protecting what feels you're doing it you're doing it but it may not show up the way the ego mind the other person, they probably felt like they were protecting something by interceding and stopping. That would be too dangerous for that person to share that kind of information in a public space. Am I following? Am I getting a little bit of what you're talking about? Yes. So they might have felt, but you're coming out of your awareness about it. So you're not so apt to jump the gun and, and jump right in and fight with the other person. So uh, I, I can't see where anybody's sharing any kind of information uh, if they decide to do it, that they should be respected, especially in, in a protected space like that. So, but the other person, of course, it could have triggered things in their dynamic that have probably not been looked at. A lot of times, people think they they have a they have a lot of self knowledge when actually the self knowledge just means that the area where where the self knowledge actually is at is locked, and it's locked with a big stamp of approval by the ego who's somehow gotten a certificate somewhere. It says it's okay for them to shut that out. I'm being a little bit silly about it here, but it's like that. Uh, one of the most important thing, things any facilitator or therapist, I don't care if it's a suicide counselor, I don't care what it is, is to respect the confusion that you see in front of you, whether that's in your mind as a meditator or whether that is working with a person that uh, that may need your protection and that protection may be just allow them to say that give them a safe container where they can be genuine where they can get it out so to speak some people don't aren't in a situation there where they can trust anybody i don't know if i've gotten close to what you were looking for other than to say both of you were doing fine nothing there's nothing to fix there but there's a lot to see and it will it will further inform the way you work with those situations in the future you might not have this, the, the, the skill uh, or the upaya would be the fancy word of how to work with that without making things worse for both of them. So maybe not saying anything. Did you say anything at all? Uh, well, I'm bowing no. 
No, I just let it happen. And then when it was over, I, I encouraged her, um, told her that what she just shared is uh, incredible and amazing and the courage. And uh, I would love to read that story. Yeah, sounds good to me. But there's no, the, the, the boundary uh, between protecting and, and maybe uh, making things get worse Still, you've got that part of it, but then you, you, you don't really know the ultimate conclusion uh, of anything. And that's what, where the ego just makes, has a field day with that kind of thing about trying to speculate on who's helping somebody and who's not. And that's where the misinformation comes in, to think that somebody's right and somebody's wrong. That's why we have a legal system, a justice system that actually punishes people we should be helping. We should be helping these people who are, what? doing things that are antisocial or, you know, robbing banks or robbing people or harming people, abusing people should be helped, not punished. Punishment is ridiculous. It's just a, just a misunderstanding. It's where war, that's why we have wars. Some people are wrong. No, they're not wrong. They're confused. Well, on bowing, when you're in a situation where you're not clear whether stepping in or leaving alone, is causing more harm what is leave it alone less is better less is better that way you're not i mean there, there's everything's being prepared in front of you there's fifteen thousand chefs and they're all putting different ingredients in but you're only seeing one or two of them go in but the other other ingredients have happened lifetimes ago <clears throat> so it's been something it's an avalanche i like to have the idea it's an avalanche that is moving so slow that you think that you can stop it with some protest signs or something like that. You can't, it's dependently arisen. This doesn't mean you shouldn't help people who are in front of you who need your help, but to actually jump into a situation with the, the idea that you can somehow prevent things that have started a long time ago. And so what you can do is you can get to know who you are. You can find out so you have no confusion about who you are I mean, no confusion about who you are. And when you find this out, you find out that you aren't separate from anybody. So what is that? How does that help you? It may not. No guarantee of anything. Don't step on the spiritual path unless you intend to complete it. Thank you. You're welcome. What's the grasping of... Uh, of the self-identity and also the others, especially people close to us? Uh, I, heard, I think I heard the question, but what is it you want to know? I want to know that uh, the grasping of this seems so solid self. Yes. Bowing. <clears throat> You want to know what it is? I want to know the, um, maybe the grave of the grasping, especially um, when we're aging towards the end. Bowing. Well, you're talking to the right guy. I'm really, I've aged more than anybody you know. Probably. So go ahead, hit me. 
What do you want to know? Yeah, I want to know what is my grasping of maybe the the uh, the identity on my deathbed one day, Bowie. Well, do it now. Do it now. See it now. I mean, it's a traditional saying. If you, if you, what is? It? I don't even know where it comes from. What tradition? But if you don't die right now, if you don't die right now, you'll have to die when you die. But if you die right now, then there is no death. Die while you're alive. And and what is that? It's 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 not the death of ego so much because ego doesn't have to die. It's it's more like seeing the ego, the, the self-centeredness you thought you were that was in so much danger of being accused or being criticized or being uh, unloved or unappreciated uh, is unreal. <clears throat> if you see that, you're you're not only um, you're not only looking at the truth of suffering, but you're liberated because there's no one who's suffering. Suffering is suffering. Suffering is suffering. Dependent origination. The suffering suffers. The consciousness just sees consciousness. It doesn't see personhood. You can do that. Continue. Return to the wall. If I'm here, I'll help you all I can, and hopefully without making things worse for you. If I'm not your teacher, you'll know it. If you have doubts about this person as a teacher, please go somewhere else. That doesn't mean you have to believe everything I say. <clears throat> Thank you, Pine. You're welcome. One final question, if there is one, otherwise we'll just lock it up. Return to what? Oh, lunch. That sounds good. And today, I think uh, we people sitting is over with, right? No scheduled sitting for a Sunday afternoon. And uh, so then tomorrow we go right back into the eight day or the eight hour schedule each day for another. It comes out to about right around 50 hours a week. If you sit all of those, all of those scheduled hours, you don't have to do that, but you should take it could not should, but you could take advantage of coming on screen and seeing uh, a dozen or so people with their backs to you because they're face they're facing a wall might be supportive to you you to know that the people are doing that in real time not only doing it for themselves but if they're in this monastery they're doing it for you also to support you it's called sangha uh, buddha dharma sangha the buddha the awakened one the dharma the truth that he taught and sangha the community of those who study the buddha's dharma hi my name is shoka I am a monk at Sokokoji, where I am committed to training my mind under the guidance of my teacher, Sokozan. We rely on your support for our programming, including a scholarship fund to cover living and tuition costs for those who are practicing full-time at the monastery. Thank you for your generosity.